Most people think that they are choosing between the good and the bad. In reality, they are choosing between being mediocre and becoming truly great. Welcome to the Next Action Podcast with your host, Brian Wallace. In 15 minutes, we'll help our guests catapult from their current situation to a path of greatness. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Brian Wells here with the Next Action Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in for your 15-minute uptake every week. And today, we have a very special guest, Howard Berg, the world's fastest reader. Certainly faster than I'm reading right now, right? The best-selling author <laughs> of Accelerated Learning and a veteran of over 1,100 radio and TV shows. How are you today, Howard? Pleasure to have you here. I'm great. I'm, I'm looking forward to the interview. Absolutely. So I feel like everybody, when they think of the world's fastest reader, they think of like the micro machines guy who talks really fast. But no, people, we're talking about reading. Reading is fundamental and comprehension is incredible. So how on earth have you achieved this ability to read this quickly? How fast do you read, Howard? Uh, 80 pages a minute. I was on Cavuto. I read the healthcare bill in 50 minutes. That's insane. How do you get to be that good? I'm sure not everybody can reach that level, but how do people do that? Well, the short answer is I read faster than everyone else, but that's probably not going to help. I studied psychobiology. I learned about the brain and how it works. And I wondered, why don't we use what we're learning about the brain to learn in school and work instead of just making monkeys and fish smarter? So that's what I did. Fascinating. Very cool. And I think we were talking a little bit before the show, as much as people want to read faster, I would imagine, and I'm sure you would agree, and probably for your own self, it's not just reading. It's not so much that we're bragging how much faster we can read than the average person. I think it comes down to the level of comprehension, right? It's a means to an end. We're trying to read faster so we can, instead of hearing the crappy Cliff's notes of a book, let's read the whole book and come up with some original thoughts for ourselves or read more books. Everybody's got a book list. Maybe you don't have a book list anymore because you fly through it. But I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business people, they're busy. They think they don't have time to read, but you make that possible, right? Absolutely. In fact, I'll share some strategies today for both reading faster and improving comprehension. Please do. Well, first, let me show you to read faster. After this podcast, pick a book you've read, preferably nonfiction. I want to make sure the only thing confusing you is your speed and not the book's content. Since you've read it already and it's easy to understand, the only reason you're confused is you're going too fast. Time yourself for one minute and read for one minute in the first chapter. And when the time is up, put a mark where you finish so that now you know how far you read at your current rate. And go to the second chapter, use your hand, and go one line at a time with your eyes following your hand as quickly as you could comprehend. As long as you know what you're reading, go quicker till you don't, so you find your ceiling and slow down just enough so your comprehension comes back. And for five minutes, go as fast as you could comprehend, moving your eyes one line at a time with your hand. Then go back to the first chapter. Read for one minute again, but with your hand as fast as you could comprehend, and you'll go 20 to 30, 40% faster than you did the first time. Wow. So a lot of it is the trick of kind of like, almost like a, imagining like a, a basal heart rate, right? So it's like your heart rate at rest, and here it is when you're kind of working out, if we can pull that analogy. So first yeah. you're, you're doing like the untimed, comfortable approach, then you're doing the what if your life depended on it approach. And how does the hand come into play? Is that just preventing you from looking at the future sentences or? 
keeping your eye focused so you don't stop and look back and keep returning to what you read already. It keeps you going into fresh new information continually and avoid wasting valuable time by reading over and over again something you've just finished reading. Yeah, I hear that. So focus is everything. So here's a different question. Do you find that there's any difference in reading speed, style, or preference if I'm going to look at an actual physical book? I guess actual and physical maybe aren't necessary, but you know what I mean, like a physical print book, book. a Kindle reader. What what are your thoughts on that? I I do teach how to read e-learning books, e-books, and Kindles, and computer screens, because that's where a lot of people do most of their reading now. So instead of using your hand, you use your mouse on a computer screen and the cursor moves. That gives you the same effect as the hand. If you were using a touchpad or a phone, I would hover over the screen because if you touch it, everything moves. And then some Kindles, some touchpads, some phones allow you to highlight or even copy. So it depends on the instrument. If you can't copy, then you have to do it manually. But I hover over the page with my hand. And then I flip the page using my hand. And that's how I use electronic readers. Got it. So, and that's very helpful. But I I guess I also have a a sub-question there. Do you have a preference for the physical book over an e-reader or a computer screen? So if somebody really wanted to take the, the fullest advantage of how to read faster for a purpose of comprehension, would you favor one of these over the other? Or would you say that it kind of doesn't matter Studies show that physical books are learned better, retained longer, and provide a better overall learning experience. There is some advantages to the e-reader. One, portability. If you're on a trip or space is at a limit, it's certainly less expensive. It saves trees. So this, those are the advantages. But by and large, if your goal overall is maximizing learning, the physical books have been proven to be the better choice. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I feel like I stare at a computer screen enough during the day that if I want right. to read something for true comprehension, I just feel like the way that I can touch and feel a book and look at where words are on a page, I just feel like my brain works better than that as opposed to a computer where I'm just sort of, or even if it's a tablet or a phone, I feel like I'm just wired already to, and other people have talked about this. I know Jacob Nielsen, who's like the father of user design, says that people don't necessarily read when it comes to the computer. They just quickly process and scan and do chunking and they look for visual cues. So yeah, I'm with you. I, I like the physical book all the way. <laughs> That's yeah, great. you're completely right. The tactile input you're getting to your brain actually improves your retention. I love that. Wow. And let's see. So... I think that's incredible that even if people just listened halfway into this podcast, they would already know how to read probably a good 20 to 40% faster, right? Yeah. And if they'd like, I could show them how to improve comprehension. Yeah. Let's dive into comprehension. So I feel like anybody can read fast, right? I mean, just making your eye fly through it. But comprehension, I have to imagine, starts implying that you need to incorporate different parts of the brain. I'd love your thoughts on that for sure. Much more important to comprehend and to read. In fact, reading isn't learning. If it was, everyone reading a book would get an A or close every deal. So reading by itself isn't learning, but I'll show you what is. The secret to learning comes from psychology. It's called schema. And rather than tell you what it is, I'll demonstrate it so it'll be very clear. I'm going to read a passage with no schema. It'll confuse you. I'll put a title on it with one word that has schema, and instantly it'll make total sense. Are you ready? Let's do it. This is the schemaless text. This is an easy thing to do. 
If possible, you could do it at home, but you could always go someplace else if it's necessary. Beware of overdoing it. This is a major mistake. It may cost you quite a bit of money. Is it making any sense? There's no context, so probably not. I could guess a few different ways, but no, it's not. Perfect. I'm going to read it again with schema. Watch how the title changes everything. Laundry. Laundry. This is an easy thing to do. If possible, you could do it at home, but you could always go someplace else if it's necessary. Beware of overdoing it. This is a major mistake, and it cost you quite a bit of money. How confusing is it now? Clear as day to me. <laughs> so I teach people to go two, three, four times faster, but they know what to look for. So the meaning is there, and they actually understand better at the higher speed because they're using how their brain processes the data. And as a result, they have more time to do things they'd rather do. They get their reading done at work. Their kids finish school. Everybody's happy. That's fascinating. And this is something that you think basically anyone can learn, right? I mean, there really isn't a restriction. Maybe some people will rise to the occasion better than others, but to go up that quickly and comprehensively is quite amazing. We did a double blind study with 100 people using a Nelson Denny, a standardized test. Everyone doubled or quadrupled with good comprehension. But I think another thing people may want to know is how to remember, because even if you read with good comprehension, if you can't remember it when you need it, there's still a new problem. Indeed. So how does one remember? There are a number of ways. I'm going to show you one right now that's going to be super easy to use. And when I'm done, I'm going to show you, it's not just an exercise, but a tool. Are you ready? Absolutely. Let's do it. Here are 10 things to remember. Pole, shoes, tricycle, car, glove, gun, dice, skate, cat, and bowling pins. Would it be safe to say you don't know all the things right now? Right, because they're not really organized in a bucket, but I have a feeling they're about right. to be. <laughs> We're going to learn how to do it super fast. The Greeks discovered if you take a list you know and link it to a list you want to learn, it takes less time. And I want you to repeat when I tell you to, because you remember 90% of what you say and do and only 10% of what you read. So you ready? Yes. I know you can count to 10, and we're going to use that as our list. The number one looks like a pole, a big, tall pole. Hmm. So one is pole. What's one? Pole. Two. How many shoes do you usually wear? Two. Last time I checked. <laughs> so two is? Two is shoes. One is? Pole. Perfect. Getting smarter. Three. Tricycle. How many wheels on a tricycle? We've got three. So we've got the tricycle. And two? Two's the shoes, and one is the pole. One. And the green Perfect. Four car. Right. Sorry, couldn't resist. Go on. <laughs> That's fine. Four is a car. How many tires are on a car? Got four wheels on the car. So four is? Four is the car. Two. We're skipping three? Tricycle. Yeah. Two's the shoe. Right. Interesting. Okay, two's the shoe. One. And one's the pole. And three. Huh, tricycle. Why are we doing that? I, I skipped it so you don't have to learn it in order. You remember it no matter what order I put it in. I like that. Good stuff. Five is a glove. How many fingers in a glove? Five. Well, four and a thumb. That's five. <laughs> Sorry. Glove. Three. Three is the tricycle. One. One's the pole. Getting smarter. Six gun. They love them in Texas. Like a cowboy, six gun. What's six? Six is a gun. Four. Four is the car. Two. Two is the shoes. Perfect. Seven's lucky in dice. So seven's dice. What's seven? Seven is dice. What was five? Five is the glove. Three. Three is the tricycle. One. One is the pole. Getting much smarter. Rhymesburg. Say eight skate. Eight skate. 
What's eight? Skate. What did they love in Texas? Six? The gun. Four. Four is the car. Two. Two is the shoes. Going back and forth, next doesn't matter. Nine is a cat. How many lives does a cat have? Nine. What's nine? Nine's a cat. What was seven lucky in? Right. Five. Five is the gloves. Three. Three is the tricycle. One. One is the pole. Ten is bowling pins. Ten bowling pins. What's ten? Ten is bowling pins. Let's do the list. One. One is the pole. Two. Two is the shoes. Three. Three is the tricycle. Four. Four is the car. Five. Five is the gloves. Six. Six is the gun. Seven. Seven is the dice. Eight rhymes with skate. Interesting you have to think again. <laughs> Nine. Nine is the uh what were we looking at? Yeah, nine is the cat. Yep. Mm-hmm. And 10 bowling pins. Here's how you use this. You want to remember numbers, you make a picture. So if I'm in hotel room 314, it's tricycle, pole, car. Tricycle hits a pole on a car. Picture that. Tricycle, what number? Tricycle three. Hits a pole. Is one. On a car. Is four. That's how you use it to learn numbers. That's also pi in math to measure a circle. If people want to get more of my programs, they go to Berg Learning, B-E-R-G learning.com. And we created a special coupon using your 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 podcast. I think it's Next Action Ten. They'll get a ten percent discount if they need my help. I will make sure they learn it. I'm a Rotarian. If they don't learn it, I'll give them their money back. I'll make sure they learn it. So it's BergLearning.com. There's some free lessons there. Try them. Pick the program you want. Put in the coupon. Get a, get a discount. Let me know if you need help. I'll make sure you and your family learn it. Outstanding, Howard. People don't usually put me through the ringer on a live test, so thank you for doing that. It's good to see that my brain is still working throughout the day. That was fascinating. It should be fun. Learning should be fun and fascinating, not boring. I I actually helped launch Comedy Central in the mid-'80s with Dennis Leary. That was John Stewart's first guest. If you want, I'll show you why they don't use biologists on on shows that often. Uh, A mushroom walks in a bar, and a bartender says, get out. We don't serve your kind. The mushroom says, why not? I'm a fun guy. And, and, and that's when biologists don't get to do comedy. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm laughing. I thought it was great. But um, thank you very much, Howard, for all your knowledge and gracious wisdom and for being a fun guy. Hey, I mean, you said it. Thanks very much. And please go to berglearning.com right now and try some of the free lessons and make sure you put in the, 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 the coupon code to get your 10% discount. Yes, sir. And I'll put all that in the show notes for everybody listening. Thanks as always, everybody. Thank you to Howard and have a wonderful day, everyone.